Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckless AB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's hear that boss next. Big jab there from Duffy and Frank Mir is hurt now. Down goes Duffy O'Connor. Frank Mir does it again. Rock him, suck him, robots here. Oh my goodness. I believe there are a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are your hosts, John Anik and Kenny Florian. Nothing to talk about, right? Absolutely nothing to talk about. We'll try to bring you a show anyway. Great to have you with us in video or audio form. It is episode 319 of the Anakin Florian podcast. It's mo- podcast Monday, October 4th, 2021. Kenful looks like he is home in Charlotte, North Carolina. Is that where uh, you're doing all this jujitsu training with these elite guys getting ready for the Nogi Worlds? I mean, it's like... Cody, we got to get our Kenny Florian breaking news on on Instagram. This guy's training for the fucking Nogi Worlds, but now I'm glad we I'm glad we know that now. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I have been training um, and uh, getting ready for that. Uh, the, the training's been awesome. Been training with Lucas Lepre, one of one of Lucas the greatest Lepre. guys. Yes, uh, one of the greatest jiu-jitsu competitors uh, to ever do it. So that that's been a lot of fun and uh, training with him and and all of his students and and getting ready. And I take off to Dallas. Uh, let's see, Thursday. And then I'll be competing I mean, Friday. What is all right? No gi world championships are this Friday. You're telling me I got to be in yeah, Dallas. yeah. Friday oh. and Saturday. Oh, Friday, right. Saturday, and Sunday. I, I think the old guys. I'm competing with the old right. guys, of course. Yeah. I'm so what is the what is the bracket here? What bracket? I mean, obviously black belt. But so what, what bracket? Yeah. So I got a, a um. A, it's called what Masters Three or whatever. So okay. I'm, I'm I'll be the oldest of that age group. Um. And uh, let's see, I think we, we're going to go at it on, on Friday. So I, I get the brackets released on the 6th. What's that, Wednesday? That is Wednesday, so yes. So I'll find out uh, what the heck I need to do to, to get through and uh, and win this thing. Outstanding. That, this is great. You know, nobody <laughs> loves it when Ken Flo's competing more than me. Uh, so, yeah, so you don't have to bring a gi, which is nice. You can leave yes. that home. Uh, is this at 185 pounds, or what are we doing here? Yeah, exactly. So I'm right now. I'm 185 pounds. Uh, I typically compete at uh, middleweight, 
Right. I, I, yeah, middleweight, which is up to 175 pounds. Right. This is called middle heavy, which goes middle up heavy. to 188 pounds. Okay. So I don't so have to cut weight or anything like that. Okay. I, so I, 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 I was going to go down. I uh, just got a little, you know, I had too much stuff going on. Wasn't able to, to get on top of it with losing weight. I'm coming, dude, for this whole pandemic at my heaviest. And this yeah. is break. The talk about breaking news. Yeah. This is breaking news. I was 207 pounds. How about that? I was going to get 207 huh. pounds. You could probably see it on the podcast with my face about that wide. But anyway, so I've been, I've been slowly getting down to uh, a normal uh, way. Yeah, here. you're looking lean and mean. Go back to like episode 312, folks, if you want. Yeah. Fat oh, my Tyler. God. By fat the way, TJ Dillashaw up. sells Fat Tyler t-shirts. I think I'm going to buy one as soon as we get <laughs> off the air. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So when you are at your best, you can do great things, but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel a touch overwhelmed. Perhaps you're not showing up the way that you would like to. I can certainly relate. You know, there's a phrase in the song, there's no business like show business, and it says there's no people like show people. They smile when they are low. And for me, being in the public eye has been challenging, at least in terms of always projecting happiness when perhaps that's not how I'm feeling. Well, whatever your situation, working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you. And when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything that life throws your way. For me, it's imperative that I'm my best self in order to just perform at a high level. And when I don't feel that way, BetterHelp is a great option and a great resource for therapy. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. That gets you matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch out anytime for no additional charge if you're not happy. For me, I'm on the road about 100 nights a year, so being able to connect with someone remotely was absolutely huge for me. And my mindset really candidly has changed for the better. So if you want to live a more empowered life, Therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Florian today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Florian. So, uh, so in terms of your cardiovascular base, I did yep. not intend to lead the show this way. So, like, is it just the jujitsu training or will you, like, uptick the cardio stuff and, like, run leading up to the no-gi worlds? Yeah, so I've been doing uh, strength and conditioning uh, two days a week uh, yeah. with with the Excels guys. I guess formerly the Excels guys, right. um, and um, yeah, so I I, right. I do uh, strength and, and conditioning, and, and that's been kicking my ass. And um, yeah, I, I I always find that that helps keep me healthy and and strong yeah. and in shape. Yeah. So yeah, um, got to keep the back healthy, dude. Strength and conditioning and jujitsu are the same in so far as you can't stop doing either if you want to survive, right? It's Dude. like once you start lifting weights, right? You got to keep going. You got to keep going. And that's what that's what happened. I did nothing. I wasn't doing anything. Yeah, I was just right. eating southern food yeah, and I, uh, I listening to podcasts and reading. That was all I was doing. So, so can I ask you how your son's doing, right? I mean, you obviously got a baby during all of this, huh? Yeah, he's doing great, man. He he continues to grow. He's like, you know, growing out of his little snoo, his little crib and now into the good. big crib and uh he's sleeping a little better so he's doing good man i'm excited my son's fucking tiny he needs some size you know i keep <laughs> well, telling he, he didn't get my genetics you know what i mean he got yeah, clark's genetics right. hopefully no so. i mean clark's dad's a beast no doubt yeah. so <laughs> hopefully uh he can get some of that uh maternal grandfather genes uh but my son's <laughs> tiny right like i keep telling him it's like bro i'm bigger and stronger than you now it's like you got some of your mom's like polish hoss jeans you know so yeah. maybe like you'll be able to like throw me around at some point but it's like right now like this dude and everything's a battle right now not that yeah. people signed up to listen to this today but everything's a battle like today this morning like yeah. i don't even want to be like 
trying to feed the kids a battle, trying to get uh, him dressed is a battle, um, trying to get him in the car seat even today. <laughs> like I hit a lollipop before 8 a.m. Eastern, whatever it takes, you know. Right. Whatever it oh, takes. Man. All right. A lot to get to in headlines. Ray Longo is going to join us at some point in time, and uh, Cody's just going to pop him on the screen because he has a lot to say. Um, so it was UFC Fight Night Santos versus Walker uh, at that little UFC apex. Always interesting after a big pay-per-view when they go back to the UFC apex just in terms of the visual aesthetic as a viewer. Uh, main event was Thiago Santos over Johnny Walker by unanimous decision. Um, but that is not our lead talking point today. Uh, in the co-main event at middleweight, no contest due to an accidental clash of heads between Kevin Holland and Kyle Dawkins. But anyone who watched the fight uh, on ESPN Plus knows that after that accidental clash of heads, Ken Flo, uh, Dan Mergliata sort of motioned for replay, but he did not stop the fight as he is supposed to do. So ultimately, we're dealing with major referee error here on a Monday morning that resulted in some way, shape, or form, a win being taken away from Kyle Dawkins. Now, certainly, I think most people believe that the right verdict or decision was reached, that this should have been a no contest, and had it been stopped when Kevin Holland was knocked out from the accidental clash of heads, uh, then it wouldn't be an issue. But, you know, Kyle Dawkins has offensive submission ability. It ain't his fault that he fucking chokes the guy out, so... If I'm Dawkins, I'm pissed. A uh, lot of layers to this in terms of replay being used, but perhaps improperly. I printed out a bunch of stuff to read to you. I've been diving into the rules. What do you have for us on that, Kenny Floyd? Okay, so, you know, um, th this was not an easy situation to deal with, right? Uh, of course, the ideal situation, um, you know, Dan saw the headbutt um, and should have stopped it at that point. Ask Kevin Holland if he was okay to continue. When you're in situations where someone gets hit with a groin shot, where someone, you know, there's an accidental groin shot, there's an accidental headbutt, there's an accidental whatever, and you see that it didn't affect the fight, and the fighters continue to go at it, a lot of times at the referee's discretion, they let them go at it. Sometimes you get a referee that sees that, especially something like this, where there's that flash knockout, right, where he dropped, um, they stop the fight. And, and and Dan Mergliata saw that headbutt in real time. So that wasn't the issue. It wasn't like he didn't see it. He saw it and allowed it to continue. He should have stopped, see if Kevin Holland was okay to continue, and then the fighters could have gone about their business. That did not happen. He saw that Kevin Holland continued to fight. Kevin Holland did. It's not like that directly read to, led to the rear naked choke opportunity straight off the bat. Um, is, was Kevin Holland hurt? And, you know, he talked about that. I trust that he was hurt and he didn't remember that stuff. Okay. That's fine. But how do you judge whether someone can continue or not? If they're out there fighting their ass off, he got out of two submissions and th this was my issue. He escaped two submissions prior to that rear naked right, choke. Right. Then eventually succumbed to that back position where Kyle Dawkins was able to, to get the rear naked choke. So it's just there's just like you said, there's a lot of layers to the situation. And this is an ideal. If a fighter continues to go and the other fighter continues to fight, he goes out there, gets the submission, and then you decide to just rewind the clock, go back to that incident. It, it, for me, it was just uh, I don't know. It, it, a lot of that just didn't make sense. And I, I think that, you know, judging things of like, oh, you know, that's exactly what led to the rear naked choke. 
I don't know. The guy's fighting. He's he's moving. He, he's looking fine. He, he he escaped those two submissions. How do you quantify that? And how do you quantify that in that short amount of time? I think that's tricky as well. We saw what happened with Marab. Clearly, that wasn't a, uh, in, a an accidental headbutt or an illegal strike that took place. Yeah. But he was he was continuing to fight. You know, yeah. Brian Ortega right. was asked by Herb Dean whether he can continue. He answers. Three incorrect questions or two incorrect right, questions right, right. on the third. He finally gets it, yeah. and they allow him to fight. So, I don't know. It, it's it, the whole thing is just very confusing. So let's start with headbutt versus clash of heads. It's very important in terms of the terminology right. that we say clash of heads and we don't use headbutt. Yes. Right? We're very careful to not use headbutt on the broadcast because that, uh, while not implying intent, uh, I guess doesn't apply to this situation. So. John McCarthy is the authority for me on this stuff. He's where I go immediately, right? So if you go to my Twitter page, I retweeted what he had to say about it. Here's one tweet, though, from him. In terms of the UFC officials being a part of the discussion octagon side, look like Mark Ratner, Sean Shelby over there. So John McCarthy said, no, honestly, they should not be a part of the discussion, but I don't blame them for wanting to be there and make sure that a fair and just decision is adjudicated. Many times unjust decisions are levied, and it's the promotion who ends up dealing with the nasty aftermath, right? So promotionally you're dealing with right like Dawkins does he deserve his win money putting the fight mm-hmm. back together there's mm-hmm. implications for all parties that are involved okay but as far as Dan Mergliata is concerned and again these are my contemporaries in a lot of respect right I share fucking shuttles to the hotel and the arena with these people I have to deal with all of these people and you can be sure when I MC the weigh-in for UFC fight night this Friday I'm going to walk right up to the commissioner my man Jeff and I'm going to ask him how this all went down because Dan Mergliata I'm not sure that he saw it as a headbutt honestly Ken Flo, I went mm-hmm. back and watched it this morning he didn't instinctively react right away yes he called for replay maybe five or six seconds later but in a UFC apex where Daniel right. Cormier is shouting it's not out of the realm of possibility oh, right. that Dan Mergliata heard somebody say oh it's a clash of heads or whatever the fuck right and then reacted so then he goes down and he's talking to herb dean and the commissioner jeff and and then you see dan mergliata say just leave it the way it is right just leave it the way it is right and then they reverse course so what's going on here okay respectfully right i'm a fan right right but like obviously i work for the ufc but like what is going on here what is the deal with replay um does, does Herb Dean, as the review official, hold all the power? Um, some tweets from Aaron Bronstetter, great journalist, who I probably should have booked on the show today. Um, I do not feel that the correct procedure based on the current N- NSAC guidelines were followed. Item 4 of NAC 467.82 states that replay is to be used when about is stopped immediately because of an injury. Um, the fight continued, and per item 5, a timeout was never called. Right, So I think Dan right. Mergliata instinctively was saying, just leave it the way it is because – I think he knows as a veteran referee, even though replay is still somewhat new, um, that you can't just reverse course uh, just to get it right. You know, it's I don't know, man. John, especially when there was a few exchanges prior to that submission, it it was just it was an odd thing. And also, you know, Mergliata was totally prepared um, to go out there and, like you said, leave it, leave it the way it is. But then kind of Herb Dean came into the situation and said, oh, you know, well, there's some other options if you feel like, you know, you want to go out there and just give it a no contest. You can go ahead and do that. Yeah. I don't know. The the, the more you, you kind of, uh, you know, have other officials or other people come into the situation, it's now no longer that referee's decision in a lot of ways. And, and I don't know. It's just 
it can get really tricky as far as when you're going to decide on something like that of having other people or other officials come in and kind of this group effort to, to come with this final decision. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's weird and it can be influenced very easily in my opinion. And that's what I didn't like about it. I'm not right. saying, right. you know, it, it was a horrible uh, decision the way it went down. I'm just concerned with what kind of precedent this sets uh, and how much time can we go back in time now? You know, if, well, we, right. if we talk about a headbutt that happened, I and I go, you know what I mean? It's just, I, I don't know. It, it was it was a tricky situation, no doubt about it. But um, I don't know. Uh, it, it seemed like everyone was just cool with calling it a no contest. But I don't know. Something just rubbed me the wrong way about it. And I was just going to voice my opinion. And people were trying to tear me apart on, on Twitter. And it's like, guys, both these guys are in this fight. Both these guys were affected by this collision of headbutts. And, of course, Kevin Holland took the worst of it. Uh, and it was a horrible situation for him as well. But the real the, the real thing that should have happened, the fight should have been stopped at yeah, that moment. Right. But I'm not sure Dan saw it as this ferocious clash of heads that 90% of the world saw. I'm not sure that he had the best angle for it. Um, you know, also from Aaron Bronsetter, the guidelines are for replay are clear and this entered mur- are, are clear and this entered murky waters. That's. The part I took issue with, not the ref, not the end result, strictly the procedure. Replays a great addition to the sport, but how it is utilized is clearly defined and it wasn't followed. I'm not sure it's as clear as he says it, it says it is. Um, right. The issue is that Mergliata signaled for replay, but did not call a timeout immediately. He allowed the fight to go on, which led to a fight ending sequence. Yeah, and it's human, ed- human error. Referees make mistakes. And I think a no contest in the moment would have been the right call. And I don't blame Sean Shelby for walking over there trying to support his athlete, Kevin Holland, being like, dude, he got knocked out cold yeah. from a clash of heads but um i don't know this is very unsettling in terms of uh in terms of 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 replay and some people think that i'm making it more complicated uh than it is i don't know um it's something for everybody to learn from certainly the referee uh but i don't know it just seemed to me like herb dean sort of had all the power in this situation to overrule dan mergliata go to espn plus you'll see dan start to walk back in let's just leave it the way it is walking back up the steps so for kyle Dawkins on a monday you know it's like yeah he'll run it back but probably gets half the money he doesn't get the ranking you know, um, and a lot of people out there say, yeah, he shouldn't, you know, well, there's a lot of fighters who don't have Dawkins's submission ability, right? So this all went down with two minutes to go in the round. So what if there's a fighter? I say all the time on this podcast, offensive, sub- offensive jujitsu, such a lost art. So if Kyle Dawkins doesn't submit Kevin Hall and they get back to their stools, then what are we doing? Right. Then right. are we going to the replay? Are we calling off the fight. Right. That's, That's what I mean. No? That's what I mean. You know, so right. what's going on, you know? And that's why I say I'm just a fan. Like, I'm just sitting here getting this off my chest as a fan. Like, what, what are we doing here? Like, I don't know. I'm looking for more clarity in terms of replay and how it can be used. And, you know, the the slow Mike Rodriguez, Ed Herman situation, it seemed like maybe that came at a time. Um, you know, Rodriguez would have gotten a TKO if they went to replay. But perhaps at that point in time, you couldn't use replay at any point in a the fight. Uh, there was a situation 10 years ago with Mac and Semizer and Robbie Peralta. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's a fight that's obviously going to be remade, but it's just incredible, man. It's like Dawkins, man. I feel for you, bro. I fucking feel for you, bro. Yeah. Period. Oh, a- absolutely, man. It, it was it was a tough situation, and and for Kevin Holland, man. You know, I I got a chance to to hear his thoughts at, at the press conference after the fight. He keeps it as real as you know, as real as it, as it comes. You know, he was talking about the fact he's like, hey, man, the way I saw it, it's a fight. 
I took a headbutt and and I got choked out. You know, I got knocked out and I got choked out as far as I'm concerned. And of course, you know, this is a sport. Um, it, it wasn't a street fight, but um, you know, the fact that he kind of almost sees it as he should have been protecting himself, I thought was interesting as a martial artist. But um, unfortunate all the way around. Hopefully, at, at the very least, they can run it back as soon as possible. You know, uh, hoping Kevin Holland is okay and all that stuff. But yeah, just a, a shitty situation all the way around. I'm glad you're singing Kevin Holland's praises because he couldn't have handled the situation any better and deserves credit for that, obviously. Uh, yeah. And he's a hell of a fighter and a hell of an entertainer. Uh, and again, if a ringside physician was brought into the equation, you can be sure Kevin Holland's going to answer all those questions, most likely accurately, because he wants to stay in there. I mean, he's a fighter's I, fighter. I also, I also wonder what would have happened if they did stop it. And knowing Kevin Holland... If right. they stopped it at the collision of the heads and they said, right. Kevin, right. are you okay or do you need some time? Or are, are, is this fight over? You know, are you done? But Kevin Holland would have continued to fight. Like, I, in my mind, 100%. I don't think there's any question that he would have said that he would not, ha, would not have wanted that fight to stop, period. Like, he would have wanted to continue fighting, in my opinion. Um, yeah. So, again, uh, a tricky situation. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll have more on that with uh, with Longo if he uh, if he uh, doesn't just hit that snooze button all morning long on a Monday, you know. Um, but I wanted to lead with that, and uh, hopefully we articulated ourselves as best we could. Uh, and again, I will follow up maybe on an Instagram live, but after I talk to the commissioner Jeff on Friday, because he's a real straight shooter, really good dude. And again, I love the leadership for the Nevada state athletic commission, they really do a good job and, and they're progressive and proactive. Um, but seeing that little, uh, that little replay circle and everything going on. And then I go back and watch it this morning. I see Dan Mergliata say, just leave it the way it is. It's like, okay, well, so I guess Dan doesn't have the, the power or he was, um, effectively persuaded by, by Herb Dean, you know, I mean, yeah. I don't fucking know. And again, it's like, I don't need my take to be the most popular one either. Like I really don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like my babysitter just canceled. I got to go pick up three kids. Like that's my reality. If you don't agree with my opinion, like I apologize. Like I still got, I'm driving a minivan, you know, my, my kid fucking carved her name on the side of it and I got to go pick up three kids today. Okay. I got to come in on him complaining about picking up the kids. Come on. <laughs> all I do is complain. Oh, oh, look, well, we all got our shirts on. Uh, look at that one. That's beautiful. The, the John Anik shirt that you're wearing, Ray. Oh, God. Must be laundry day. I mean, gosh, you know. <laughs> But yeah, I got the Ray Longo minute loud and proud. You know, just in case I run into Khabib Nurmagomedov today, I want to make sure I'm aware. This, this is one, you know. this is Ray Longo when he gets up in the morning. This is the oh, new shirt that just right. came out. This is that would be a, that would be yeah. a compliment. So <laughs> Team Sarah Longo going belt chasing, CFFC flyweight champion, Turbo Typhoon, Pumi Nakuda. Congratulations, Ray. Cheers. Yeah, what a, oh, thank you very much. What a great weekend, man. What a great week all in a week marab and, you yeah. know I, I really believe like with all of this stuff john like you know when you get a performance like marab had it just inspires the shit out of everybody yeah. Yeah. you know what i mean like it's sometimes like even after Rao's fight with uh uh kevin um kevin lee yeah you know aljo fort munoz i just think you know you saw that just all that drama and you know shit 
you know, like that hood yeah. that Al had, like it was crazy. And yeah. I think it just it transferred over to Aljo. He just like, I want to do that. You know what I mean? And I thought he had a great fight with Pedro Munoz. But I think it was the same thing with this. But Rob's performance was, you know, so inspiring that don't don't fucking lose after that, man. You know, go out and do it. Yeah, you know, right. So even Pompo said a great knockout. Pumi looked phenomenal. It was just everything was perfect. And I do want to say, because I think this audience will appreciate it, having gone back and watching the first round between Marab and Marlon Marais, I want to say two things. First of all, you know, I love you. I, I mean, it's still 10-9 Marais for me, right? Hey, no, no, let me just say, though, you're right, okay? I'm, I'm here to sort of, I don't know if I'm eating crow, but Marab's recoverability is the stuff of legends. Like, you're right. Like, he actually wasn't really even fucking hurt, okay? So you're right. Yeah. Like, I come here as a humble man. I'm just yeah. saying he got knocked out three and a half times. And in my opinion, what Kempflo said last week at 10, eight at that point, he didn't do enough to swing it back to 10, nine in his favor, but dude, Marab's recoverability and any other, you know, Except, he's incredible. He's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, you know, you know, it's funny. I saw uh, Keith Peterson at the, um, uh, in Pennsylvania and right. I said, well, dude, just great job on that. He goes, look, that guy did everything I told him to do. And he's the guy in there. He's the only guy in there that's seeing what's going on. Right, right. He, he actually told me he scored that a 10-7 for Marab. Ha, right, 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 <laughs> right, 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 yeah. No, 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 the point, my point was just, I thought it was a great round to use as an instructional round for judges. Like, what do you do? It's it's kind of tricky yeah. because yeah. at one point, like, you see Marlon's arm go limp. He might have been out. Worse than Marab was ever out. <laughs> At the end of that round, you saw his right arm. It just goes limp, and then he gets punched back into consciousness. No so I, I just thought, look, I thought an yeah. even round, give him give him an even round because he came back, and I don't know. I don't think that's out of the question. No, but. I think 10-9 uh, on either side is fair. 10-10, if judges weren't so discouraged from throwing those there, I think 10-10 would work. Hey, so uh, it's fight week for Kenflow. This dude's competing at the fucking Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Nogi World Championships on Friday in Dallas. Think he'd let us know? I mean, yeah. it's just grab. It's just grab. It's not a fight. Right? It's just grab. Right. Now that should be great, though. You, yeah. You know, yeah. You know who's you know who's uh, signed up already? Do you get I involved? Do. With that? I do. I saw. There's actually one former UFC fighter uh, in there, I believe, Kyle Watson. I believe he yep. was yep. in the UFC for a quick second. Uh, but you know, some other jujitsu guys, so it's old guys, right? It's uh, I'm the oldest of the bunch of this. Group. Oh, well, and uh, any, any of Sarah's guys are there, or I don't know, I didn't see any okay. of those guys. There, there's a Henzo Gracie guy out of Houston, I think, in the, in my division, but um, yeah, we'll see so, what happens. So it should be fun. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be pulling for you, buddy. Thank yeah, you, he doesn't you. like when I put all the pressure on, he can be as high <laughs> as 188 pounds. Are you repping your, your, your uh your own school that is yeah now... i'll be i'll be repping florian martial arts center let's yeah. go yeah oh, yeah go. yeah come on man <laughs> my massachusetts founded, i don't know probably 10 years ago when did you when when did uh you and keith open the original school there in uh... 2000 either i think 2006 wow oh, yeah before and then the, Kemp before was the like, Joe later fight. show yeah, business wow. see you keith just kidding i'm just kidding just, kidding. just having fun on a Monday, right, Raymond? That jujitsu yeah. is a gift that keeps on giving, man. Yes. I'll tell you. Yes. All right. So um, Kenny and I shared our thoughts on this whole Kevin Holland, Kyle Dawkins controversy. Uh, you know, I think in the simplest terms for me, you know, it's referee error and a lot of vagaries yes. when it comes to replay. Um, 
A lot know, of uh, wait, what was the word? You used? A lot of vagaries when it comes to replay. You know, yeah. Dan Bergliata at one point can be seen walking back up the stairs, uh, saying, "Wait, saying just leave it yeah. the way it is." 100%. But then I think Herb Dean uh, wielded enough power to. I mean, I don't know. I'll get more answers Friday, but right now I'm still confused as to you're how it get, all. You're going to get no answers. You know what the answer I, is? Uh, let me tell you what the answer is because I watched it happen. Dan had no idea what he was doing. He made the call. And then they want to say the ref is the last guy. He's going to make the call. Oh, yeah, he makes the call until Sean Shelby tells him it's the wrong call. You see Shelby <laughs> in the mix. Sean's right. even in the mix. Right. Herb has to whisper in his ear. He, he can't even talk to him. He's got to try to whisper, this is what I would do. And then he changes it. So he made the call, and then five other people told him it was the wrong call. So then he goes and makes the right call. Or makes a call, and right, right, everybody right. goes, "Yeah, he's got the power to." Do-. No, he had nothing. He said it. He said, "Look, I, I saw the guy fighting back, so I let it go." Right. He, he saw the whole thing. He just didn't know. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the rules are, but I would have stopped it right at the headbutt. That's the yeah. first thing. That was a vicious headbutt. I, I don't mean, think I'm- he saw it. Clearly, okay. or as so clearly John, as go ahead. So yeah. let's let's say he did see it, right? And, and I believe that 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 yeah. I think that's accurate. He heard DC say it on the mic or whatever. What, that's a small venue. You but why would you, if you know it happens, right? Yeah. Let's say five seconds later, right? stop it at that point. I agree. Right no, wait, look, let it play out. Like two, three, you know, grappling exchanges, and then finally the kid gets a submission. Yeah. And then we're gonna we're gonna call it a submission, and then yeah. rewind, go back yeah, yeah. in time. Okay. It's Not just cool. it doesn't make sense. No, the fight should have been stopped at the headbutt. You go to the instant replay or do whatever you want, see what the damage is. The guy was clearly out. He Listen, it was so bad he didn't have time to, like, step back and go, shit, I just got headbutted and tell the ref. He was out. And then he wakes up and he's in the fight of – he's fighting for his life. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he could have saved that kid a lot of unnecessary damage too. Uh, you know right. what I mean? So the fight should have been stopped at the headbutt, which he he admits he clearly saw, but then he decided to let it go on because he, he basically said he saw everything, that he saw the headbutt, but then Holland started fighting back, so he let it go on. And I think that's where the problem is. But dude, this is a microcosm of, I think, what we're dealing with today. It's like follow the science until you don't agree with it. Then you just do whatever the fuck you want to do. Well, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, the ref has the final say until everybody tells him he's wrong. And then he's like, right. this, nobody's addressing, like, this is why I get pissed off, though. It's just. I know. It, no, it, I it, know. It's, it's going to go like, they didn't know what the, somebody didn't know what they were doing. I don't know who it was, but somebody didn't know what they were doing. When 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 I was involved with that thing with Musasi and Weidman, I'm t- it's just frustrating. It's simple. Was his foot, just look at it. Yes, no, stop. Oh, it's back and forth, and who the I do yeah. it horrendous, right. horrendous. And now we see it not not to the same point, but I do think you know it's I, I don't know, man. Just I just it, think it's it, the emotional roller coaster for Dawkins, I mean, right? And I when I actually saw Sean Shelby's the matchmaker. No, well, uh, of course he was right. He's not part of the commission. Well, of course, of course. That, I mean, you know, and I'm sure I think that there's a guy in the, the third row thing. and said, "Hey, guys." Stop the fight. I mean, I mean, this it's thank God for Herb Dean. That's all I could say for that. I think he tried to why why though? Why he he tried to be the voice of reason. And if 
Dan didn't say what he said, it might have looked a little better. But the fact that Dan was ready to make the call, that he's letting it stand and that he saw everything, I think it makes it worse because Herb had to tell him. Herb and probably five other guys had to tell him, you're wrong. And this is the way we're doing it. Yeah, uh, when, he didn't when, do it. That had nothing to do with Dan. That decision had nothing to do with Dan. Right. He said, I'm going to let it go on. I'm letting the thing stand. Yeah, Kenny, like when did the referee relinquish power at all of this, right? It's exactly. Amazing, you know, like walking well, back up wonder, the stairs. Listen, yeah. John, when, when Marab got choked out by Simone or, you yeah. know, the, the ref stopped the fight. The fight was over. And then Goddard, who's not even in the octagon, said, no, he was out. And he changes the decision. The ref had nothing to do with that. The ref made the right call. The bell rang. The fight was over. And that was it. He didn't call the guy out. You go to the scorecards. No. Somebody else has to jump in from the fifth row. They know that Marab was out. You know what I mean? See, there are ramifications for everybody involved, you know, and that includes, you know, this play-by-play commentator who's calling fights this weekend, and I need some sort of clarity, right? So is this going to be sort of a, a, a group of people who get to, as a collective, make a decision? Um, you know, I got a question. I think there should be an instant replay crew. They look at that and that's it. They oh, make what, the- does everybody get a vote? I mean, what like I don't know. Dan Mergliata's vote would have been to leave it as a submission win for Dawkins. So, so then why was it? That's your that's your huh? question. Why yeah, and I'm sure Kyle Dawkins' is- girlfriend wants to know too, right? Yeah, right. Why wasn't working because he got why, why, why wasn't Dan's why wasn't Dan's decision upheld? Well, can I ask something, fellas? Yeah, and, uh, and if the ref has the last right. What the fuck are you doing? He had nothing. They told him what to do. So the rules say the it's following like acts. In the Sopranos, right? He thinks he's the boss of the family. Everybody's laughing at him. <laughs> this guy thinks he's making the call. Everybody's going, he made the wrong call. Christopher, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, you the following acts constitute fouls in a contest or exhibition of mixed martial arts and may result in penalties at the discretion of the referee if yeah. committed. What is your interpretation of that? Well, well it, right. It wasn't, yeah. a foul. it wasn't a foul. It was an accidental. It wasn't deemed a foul, right? It was right. a collision. Well, so it's just the first, the, like the first, the unified rules of martial arts from the UFC website. In rules, the first sentence says the following acts constitute fouls in a contest or exhibition of mixed martial arts and may result in penalties at the discretion of the referee. If committed, the next thing says butting with the head. So well, what, are you what I'm asking is, is well, no, no, it's a, it's a, it's a foul. yes, no, no, yes, yes, yes. The, the question foul, is, that, but it was who is it? Who is, well, my question is, who is the discretion on? Is it exactly. singularly on Dan Mergulata or is it on the ruling That's body? The That's point. my It question. has nothing That's to do with the foul or the accidental, right? What we're trying to get clarity on, yeah. and Cody is aligned with me, is, um, you know, shouldn't the power still reside, right? You have the benefit yeah. of replay and yeah. and the advice of those Octagon side who are commissioners or referees or officials on that evening. Um, but, yeah, this was just messy all around, um, you know? So, uh Anybody have anything else on that before we move on, Raymond? Yeah, you're not getting any answers. That's number one because we saw it happen, and it was this. How come? Why? Why are we even asking for answers if we witnessed all? Well, whole- I'm just saying that on Friday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, Ken Flo, yeah. I am going to be sitting there with my friend no, Jeff, who is no. the chief commissioner, and Bob Bennett probably won't be there because it's a UFC fight night. But 
I mean, I'm going to probe, um, not journalistically per se, but it's like I need to know by Saturday night what's going on. Yeah, we all, yeah. yeah but you don't we think, so you think that they're, I'm going to get, they're, they're going to be vague with me. That's what you think. See, I, my, my theory, though, is that Sean Shelby jumped in there. He said, listen, that's a no contest because then he could save on the wind you bonus. I think Herb Dean was persuaded by that. Oh. No, no, I think he saves on the wind bonus. He's like, Dana, I just saved us 50 grand with that. Yeah, I don't even know. I don't nah, even know. You got you to <laughs> listen, John. At the end of the day, you have to laugh at it because you can't fight it. That's for damn sure. Tell you. And again, Kevin Holland handled things gracefully. But yeah, yeah, you have to laugh at it, right? Kyle Dawkins is not laughing on it. No, on Dawkins is But I you, 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 you know? do. You do have to love Kevin Holland a little bit, man. I tell you, it's uh he's crazy, but it's a sin- it's a sincerity. He's sincere in his yeah. nuttiness, man. I, I I you know, look, I love I I I root for Dorcas and his brother because you know they're East Coast guys and yeah, I've seen them fight on the local shows and they're great, man. They're doing they they're knocking the cover off the ball right now. Yeah. But Kevin Holland, man, I think he won me over. It's he's nuts, man. He's crazy. Yeah, yeah. like he could he could shit talk without doing too much of it, you know, the, where it's entertaining. He's just – I just hope it doesn't interfere with his growth, you know, as a fighter. But we'll see what happens. I think he's going to be around for a long time. Uh, and yeah. you're right. He handled, he handled that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. The way you probably should. You're not you get did, uh, did you watch this main event, Tiago Santos and Johnny Walker? Richard did. I know your Boston College Eagles were playing Clemson, so yes. I know you were a little bit uh, in multitask mode. But uh, uh, what'd you think of the main event? 48 47 times three for Tiago Santos. Uh, I don't know if there's a ton to unpack, except that, you know, Johnny Walker didn't seem too upset when the judges' scorecards were rendered. I thought he could have done a little bit more. Uh, I thought Santos won. You got anything for us on what was sort of a, uh, a ho hum main event? Yeah, I think ho-hum main event is a good way to explain it. I think that um, Johnny Walker had promised that he was going to go out there and he was going to eat his opponent and he was going to be violent and he wanted to kill him and all that stuff. And that just never played out. He he was in a great spot to really take advantage of this main event. Um, He didn't. There was a whole lot of nothing, you know, a a lot of feints, a lot of movement. But no commitment. He didn't. He he didn't know how to create offense for himself. And clearly, both these guys extremely powerful. Both knockout artists, right? So they were respecting each other's power. But at the same time, it was just uh, not not a good fight. Both guys really very timid, and as far as they, not knowing how to create that offense, how to uh, get the other one to commit, and. Um, we, we didn't have a great fight because of it. Um, I, I thought they got it right. I thought San, Santos was actually out there when he was throwing. He was trying to hurt Johnny Walker. He was actually trying to, you know, uh, land his shots on the target, whereas Johnny Walker was throwing a whole lot of um, stuff from the outside that, to me, looked like it was never going to land. But um, I don't know. Still a developing fighter. Uh, but that was not the way to go out there and execute in a main event. Yeah, I I almost fell asleep probably four times. Okay. No, no, it was uh, – well, I just got back from Pennsylvania. I'm not even joking. I, 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 I was oh, tired. No, I thought – okay, I didn't know if it was because you had extra rounds after the fights or something. <laughs> well, that's why I had to stay up. What a great program. But it anyway. Is, <laughs> um, Pennsylvania, you're cornering fighters, right? Yeah, so we yeah. got, but those fights started at one thirty, so we were able to get back by seven. So, right, right. It was that maybe it was looking? It was I, I was tired, but that that just was 
it was really there's uh, Kenny mentioned something that he's the he's a developing fighter. I'm a little weirded out by how his corner thought he was winning that fight because the guy absolutely did nothing. And I mean, John Casper's a good guy. I don't know. You know, it's almost like some guys I work with like that. I'm like, I don't want to change too much because I'm going to ruin the essence of who they are. And even though Johnny Walker's paid for it, he's still a mad hatter. You got to let him loose. You know what I mean? Like, especially in that fifth round. You know what? Okay, look. I think Kavanaugh did a good job at least controlling his emotions, maybe, because he definitely was – he wasn't jumping around for sure, so that right. was different. But I think at the fifth round, you got to go, hey, listen, I need that old guy. We need a knockout. Yeah. Right. We need it in spectacular fashion. Take a shot. Get Even if you get knocked out, take a shot. This is the yeah. time you got to do it. Yeah. So. I mean, I, mean, I don't think any of those rounds were definitive rounds for Johnny Walker. You know what I mean? No, you could say I mean, that Santos won that. some rounds, but they were all close. How could you definitively say that your fighter is winning yeah. at that stage? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I was confused I, by that as well. I, I I I thought it was totally impossible. I was like, wow, this guy is – there's no way. I mean, and then I was like, they can't possibly give this guy the fight on that. You know, and then I, I think they – so they got that right. Santos definitely yeah. won that fight. Not the most exciting fight, like we said, but you know, maybe with Kavanaugh too, is that it's going to take two or three fights uh, to get this guy on track. Because I know, look, as a coach, a guy comes to me and they're like, "Oh, I'd love to see. Well, we got to see what Longo is going to do with him." But guys, there's six weeks. Yeah. Exactly. And what do you think I'm going to do with him? I, right. It doesn't work like that. I need a yeah, year. Right. You know 100%. what I mean? So I think at the end of the day, we might look back on this and go, "Look, Kavanaugh had a plan." Uh, I don't like, you know, the fact that he thought he was winning, but he should have just taken that as a work in progress and said, you know, we'll keep building because the guy's got the frame. You know what I mean? He's oh, he's yeah. a big dude. You should be able to do a lot with that guy. Right. And, you know, he could do some wacky shit. So he's he's ballsy. You know, he will go for it. So if yeah. you could tame him a little bit, you know, and then get some of that craziness back in there, controlled yeah. craziness. I yeah. think you got yourself a good guy. So I think we'll look back and say maybe, you know, if he sticks, if he stays the course with John, I think they will try to do something with him. You know what I mean? So, but that fight, 100% he lost. I'm saying, I don't even want to say it was close only because he didn't do anything. There was nothing happening. Right. And at right. least Thiago, when he threw, he yeah. threw with intent. Yeah. You know, yeah. he wanted to do damage, but, you know, it takes two guys to dance, you know, and, yeah. uh, one guy looked like he was when he tried his offense, he was going to win. One guy looked like he was trying not to lose. It's that old saying, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, before we let you go, if you don't like commercial airliners to Abu Dhabi, then I guess there's some silver lining. But Aljamain Sterling obviously is not competing. Oh, yeah, yeah. 267. And any athlete, Ken Flo and Ray, who has had this neck procedure, Ashley Evan Smith is the one whom I spoke with most recently. Uh you're not coming back anytime soon. There are setbacks, and I'm not at all surprised that Aljamain was not medically clear. They're going to go forward with an interim title fight, Piotr Jan and, and Corey Sanhagen, and presumably uh, you guys will uh, will fight the winner to unify the belts. Yeah, look, Aljo's a wacky dude, man. You know, I yeah. love him. He's, he's fucking whacked out of his mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I will say this. Right. I think I found you. out before you did, right? I mean, he, uh, John, 100% knew before me, like, Right. Even Weidman calls me. I'm like, dude, the guy's fighting. I was just with him. What are you talking about? But with all of this being said, I 100% told him, do not fight. Yeah. You're not ready. 
your arm's killing you, whatever's happening. Dude, you're not fighting. Like, that that was being said. But I did work out with him at the PI, and uh, the guy was just struggling. I'm like, Aljo, it doesn't even make any sense. And, look, to Aljo's credit, he never told me he wanted to fight in October. He was always talking about December. He wanted more time to better it. And I think, you know – you know, the matchmakers want what they want, and they put the pressure on. And I guess, you know, he agreed because his manager said something. Maybe. I don't even know if this is true. But, and then, you know, it, uh, he tried, but then it just wasn't there. And I think, you know, for Aljo, too, he's because he is he's, – he's quirky, man. He really is. But there's a difference between walking around and having fun and fighting. You know what I mean? So, yeah, is he – can he enjoy his day with the problem? Yeah. So I think he's – nutty for going on Instagram and doing what he's, you know, some of the things he does. But in his head, it's like, this isn't fighting, though. Fighting is serious. Like, I got to be 100, you know, I got to be feeling good. You know, this, I could I could dance if you want to see that. Yeah. Uh, right. You know, he even got some rounds in with uh, Adrian Yanez, who, what a Yeah, what right. A great, how was, how was Adrian a, over there? A talented kid, huh? What a great kid. Yeah. What a great, great kid, man. I, I really hope he comes back. Uh, you know, he really misses uh, Saul. You know, I had a picture with me. I have a buddy of mine who, you know, uh, I train who it was like, I don't want to say best friends with Saul, but he lived in Houston. He was close with Saul. So when Matt fought GSP, we used Saul's school. So Saul was a great guy. So we had him in the back room. He, he was in the room with us when Matt was warming up. Uh, you know, so I had taken a picture. So that's the first thing I did. I showed Adrian. I said, look, man, the guy was a good dude, man. I know what you're going through. And you know, anything I could do to ever help you, you know, I would 100% do. And he's a super talented kid, humble. Everybody in the gym loved him. I think he had I a bet. great time. He looked great with Al Jody. You know, they moved around, you know, not crazy. But, um, you know, that was the, the other thing. Like, he was scheduled to come in because I wanted I, I wanted Adrian Giannis. And I said, Al, this kid's got good hands. Take this kid. He can fight, man. There's yeah. no question about it. And so he had made that before he pulled out of the fight. And I thought he was going to cancel Adrian coming in, but he didn't. He came in, and I'm glad he did because we got to meet him. And he's just a super nice kid with a lot of talent, man. Oh, yeah. I love watching him fight, you know. That he can make a run. And if you don't know, Ray's talking about the late Saul Solis, uh, who made a huge imprint on mixed martial arts in Houston, who recently uh, passed away due to COVID-19. He was a good friend of our matchmaker, Mick Maynard. Yeah, Uh, and you know, John, it's – that picture I wanted to put up like a year ago on Instagram and say, man, this is this is an OG of the game, man. This right. guy was around from day one. You know right. what I mean? And I don't think he ever got any credit, but he was a great – he really was a great trainer. And, like, again, he's really close with a buddy of mine. I think they were supposed to meet up in Jersey, you know, uh, right before he died, and uh, that was it. You know, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, it's a little tribute to Saul. He was definitely a pioneer in the sport, and he deserves some credit. And I know where that kid's coming from. All right, I got the odds here. DraftKings Sportsbook, Corey Sandhagen, and Piotr Jan Ray. What do you think? And then you can go. Um, uh, I, I believe Corey's going to win that fight, but I'm saying they that. have. I'm saying it's got to be like, it definitely has to be close. I can't, I see Jan's a slight favorite, slight. So I thought Jan would be minus one sixty, Ken Flo, and Sanhagen would be like plus one forty. It's way that, more pronounced than that. Piotr Jan is minus two sixty five. Corey Sanhagen on DraftKings this morning oh. is plus two fifteen. So uh, interesting. Plus two fifteen. I think, I think Sanhagen. Sanhagen. I'm, I'm I can almost assure you. 
you yeah. won't get that price on fight night. And again, I think Jan deserves the distinction as the favorite. Without a doubt. 65. Damn. You know, imagine if uh, if Sandhagen had won against Dillashaw on the scorecards. That, I, I think that affects that price at least 30 cents. You know, I, I think what happens in this, and it, it's it's always a mistake, MMA is not linear logic. If A could be B, B could be C. That's the right. first. Right. So they're going by Jan beat Aljo, you know, pretty bad. at the. You know, he was beating him before he, you know, decided to wreck his career. Uh, he was winning. <laughs> yeah, he, you know, he was winning, and then Aljo choked out, you know, Sanhagen. So their their logic is that, you know, the complete opposite of what I just said. That because of right. that, right. Jan's going to beat Sanhagen. I think he's got a he's got a long, lanky guy who knows how to use that, who likes to fight. I think he's going to redeem. You know, I think he believes, and I believe he he beat uh, Dillashaw. I know we could argue that, but I think it was definitely a close fight, but I I gave it to Sanhagen. He's going to, he's going to use that as motivation and he's super talented. Uh, The short notice is a little weird, but I think he's the type of guy that's always staying in shape. I don't know for sure, but he seems like that. So I'm glad. I think Jan's got to really, I I think uh, Sanhagen wins that fight. You and I got to do a bet at some point in time. Maybe this will be the fight, although I'm calling it. But I, I, I want my next bet to be, if it's not a tattoo, like to shave off an eyebrow. Because uh, one of the New England Patriots beat reporters, Tom E. Curran, when the Patriots were playing the Jets in week two, he said, this is such a lock that the Pats are going to win this game and cover the spread. If they don't win the game, I'll shave off an eyebrow. I thought it's fucking great. And, of course, the Patriots rolled and uh, his eyebrows are still intact. For me, it'd be tough, right? Because I'd almost have to like, you have to have makeup on one or like ask the boss if they could just not put me on camera for two months while it grows back. But I want to do a bet where loser shaves off a fucking eyebrow. No? Yeah, I think you and Kenny would have fun with that. Uh, (laughs) You're too vain. You're too vain for that. Oh, I'm not shaving off an eyebrow. (laughs) Why? Well, it grows back. you You just said it. I'm too vain. And you got a television career to protect. Oh, I got a big career. Big, big, big Johnny. Big Johnny. It's a big career. It is. It is. How big is it? How big is it? It's huge. It's so big when it sits around the house. It sits around the house. house. I like that. Uh, All right. We'll get on out of here. You know, great day. Better evening. All that stuff. Hope you have a great Monday. And, uh, you know. We got another 10 fighters in the next three weeks. Wow. Wow. Blessed. Uh, Next week, we'll go over everything. Yeah, it's crazy. It's actually insane. A lot of good guys guys coming up, too. Ring of combat. All systems go. Yo, yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks for your contributions, as usual. And uh, when do I see you next? I don't know. Yeah, not for a while. Yeah. I might come to Florida though. I'm thinking of visiting Tony Ricci if I. I oh yeah, Tony Ricci lives list. down here now. Sure, yeah. sure. Oh yeah, sure. He's got his own car too down there. <laughs> hey, congratulate um, uh, Turbo. I definitely. Well, listen, wait, let me just touch on that first. Turbo. I don't know if you saw the fight, but he must. He would have finished with a crucifix in the first round, but the you know the bell rang. But then he got two more. You know, I mean, and he finally got the job done in the fourth round. So, uh, kid's got a bright future, just the way oh, no he handles the like, infectious personality. And I don't want to forget Pompos, too, because he lost his last fight, but he came out with a vengeance and what a knockout he had. So, happy for both guys. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like I, we try our best. It's like, how many of these local guys, Kempflo, can I track? You know, it's like I'm fucking putting Pumi over, and he's like, you can't forget about this guy. It's like, Jesus Christ. I no, yeah, no, but Pumi, you got to watch, man. Pumi will be in the UFC within a year. Yeah, I think so, too. Maybe oh, within a week. What's the other guy's <laughs> name? Uh, we call him Pompos. He's Pompos. Got a very uh, Greek, uh, Charla Poopu, Papapini, something uh, like that. Yeah. I'm going to get his name wrong, but we call him the Great Pompini. In the gym. All right. Great Pompini. Hey, get, get on out of here, Ray. Okay? Is, is this, uh, are the mics even on? <laughs> I, I, I think they're on. I think I've had my fill, though, of the. Uh, I, 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 I 100% think you're up to your eyeballs. I, that, I, I think, think we're good. You know, I think we're sort of exhausted. I see him falling asleep while I'm talking. All right, uh, man. Cody. See you, Ray. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody says I'm oh, talking so shit funny. on the way out, so now I feel like I have to take a shot at Ray. Uh, I don't have anything on the tip of my tongue necessarily, but um, hope the listenership likes all the talk about his local guys, though. I hope you really like that. No, but Pumi obviously is on the cusp of uh, of greatness. A lot of us really believe that. But um, if you don't like the local stuff on Longos, guys, just let us know at Anaclorian Pod, and we'll let him know. A couple big fight odds for you, Ken Flo, before we get to our main event challenge for uh, – for the fights this weekend, excited to see Mackenzie Dern uh, in her first yes. UFC main event against Marina Rodriguez. So a lot of big fight announcements since we have been on the air. Obviously, Sandhagen and Piotr Jan. Very surprised at that betting line, I have to admit, um, even though I do believe Piotr Jan right now is the best band weight in the world. Dominic Cruz is fighting Pedro Munoz December 11th. Um, looks like Jared Cannonier and Derek Brunson. Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira. Looks like that is signed for an undisputed lightweight title fight. Um any idea what the betting line on DraftKings Sportsbook might be for Poirier and Oliveira, Ken Flo? Oh, geez. Let's uh, – oh, my goodness. I, I, I would say Poirier's the favorite uh, heading into that one. Yeah, Poirier minus 155. Charles Oliveira is plus 135. A couple other fights that okay. have been announced. Uh, Marlon Chito Vera versus Frankie Edgar. I believe that will be UFC 268 first week well. of November. Any idea what the betting line says about Chito and Frankie? Boy, uh, Cheeto the favorite heading into that one? Cheeto minus 150, Frankie Edgar plus 130. Uh, and then I saved this one because I think it's pretty interesting. Sean Strickland and Luke Rockhold. I'd say Strickland probably a two-to-one favorite. Pretty much. Strickland minus 160, Rockhold plus 140. So uh, Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, off. more or less. But, yeah, I – I think that's very interesting. I mean, I, obviously that speaks to uh, Strickland's current form and Rockhold's layoff. All right. Uh, let us get to the pronunciation of the week as we welcome in our executive producer, uh, Cody Merrill. Hey, best looking fighter in MMA, right? To the best looking podcast producer in MMA. I mean, the transitions make themselves, John. It's amazing. Amazing how you put <laughs> Do you us even need me? I mean, Ray's Greek pronunciations are amazing. Like, do you need me for this? <laughs> That guy, but part of the reason it's hard to put over his athletes is because he can't pronounce any of them. He doesn't even know their names. Doesn't yeah. know. Well, and they're all, uh, George, they're all Georgian or Russian or yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nikos Filipposos. Yeah. Even exactly. his Americans yeah. have weird names. Ally Aquinta, Yaquinta, you know? Right, right. <laughs> Real right. gangster. Notice how he never attempts to say Aljamain or Dwalish Willie. We should just bribe him. You give a hundred bucks. Say pronounce Marab's last name correctly on next week's show. <laughs> um, all right. Pronunciation of the week, this fighter will be facing Sabina Mazo in a women's flyweight fight on the main card this week, Ben. We didn't get into, by the way, Aspen Ladd and all of that stuff, maybe on the way out. Um, this fighter's 24 years old, former two-time boxing champion out of Kazakhstan, Cody Mero, of whom am I speaking? 
I believe you're speaking about Maria Agapova. All right, let's hear Maria. I hate when you smile when you do that. Maria Agapova. Maria Agapova. That's a, That's w. a w for your boy, yeah. huh? Yeah. I definitely would have said Mazo too. So you went with the right side of that. Sabrina Mazo. Agapova. That's a win. If I'm not mistaken, that's two in a row. Let's go. Uh, for, for the self-proclaimed easy on and the then eyes, I, Cody Merrow. Huh? Oh, I appreciate that. I don't know if you guys saw my dog correctly picked last night. Patriots plus six and a half for the DK Sportsbook. So hey, cash and bet. checks everywhere for people. Pronunciation of the week, betting with the Patriots. Oh. Merchandise, you just all systems go, kid. Oh, Way to go. If only we I could lost, enunciate we did lose, Longo. Though. Yep. Patriots That's did right, lose. Uh, okay, Boston though. College lost. I mean yeah. like they lost. That's the thing. BC lost it and the Patriots lost it. They, they, yeah. they didn't win. The, the Tampa Bay didn't win and Clemson didn't win. I feel like we lost. But anyways. But do you know what wasn't losing, Kenny? What's that? BTC. Wasn't losing. Yes. Because no, we're, no, we're going, going to up. the moon, baby. Going to the moon. Let's go. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I never know how to approach it, right? Just because it goes up to forty seven thousand doesn't necessarily mean I should not plunge if I'm of the belief that uh, I'm going to have it forever or for a very long time, and it's going to yeah. be eighty in several. Right? It's like I just yes. I, getting too caught up in the uh, buying the dips, you know. Um, <laughs> and as far it. as the Patriots are concerned, Bill Belichick had a lot of answers for Tom Brady. I'll just he did, that. he so did. They they, they played a great game. They did. Um, they did. Yeah. And uh, if you're a New England Patriots fan, and, and I don't know how you cannot be encouraged by the young quarterback, Mac Jones. Um, He's a but, stud. Uh, that's enough about that. All right. Today's main event challenge is presented by OddShark.com, the most reliable source for sports betting information with the latest odds, insight, and analysis on everything UFC. I would encourage you to check out OddShark.com slash UFC. Get all you need to know before placing your bets on UFC Fight Night this weekend. The OddShark Fight Center is there. It is operable. Outstanding resource for fans, for media, all the matchup information compartmentalized in a nice, ingestible way. They're also giving you all the odds from various sports books as well, so you can sort of match prices and see how your price stacks up. And I can speak to the staff and the experts and the handicappers. You all know Joe Osborne from this program, but all of these men and women have been watching and capping MMA for a long time. They know their stuff. Good metrics. Check them out in advance of UFC Fight Night. Oddshark.com slash UFC. Oddshark.com slash UFC. Don't forget the second S. All right. Some picks to make. It's UFC Fight Night. Dern versus Rodriguez. Let us get to the main event challenge. It's the main event challenge. And it. The time is most definitely now. I finished fights. I'm going to do everything possible to win. The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. Oh, listen to those fucking pipes, this kid. What's huh? going huh? on, man? How you doing? <laughs> I came, uh, I came bearing gifts, by the way, in the form of nicknames. First of all, I want to shout out some of Ray Longo's local fighters, if you don't mind. Ah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, John Anecdote, John Anik at the Disco. Ooh. They need I some like work. That. But uh, the DeLorean Kenny Florian. <laughs> yes. Motherfucker choke somebody out and they go back in time. We got, uh, oh, my God, you killed Kenny Florian. <laughs> yes. That's another good one. And I can't leave him out. I got Coney, uh, Cody Bone Marrow. Or, <laughs> uh, Bone. The, the I like Vin- it. Oh. The Da Vinci Cody Marrow. Oh, <laughs> fire. Tommy. <laughs> T-Mac. Can we yes. call you Tommy? T-Mac? Thomas? Call me whatever We're leaving all want. of this stuff in the show. Oh. So, Cody Bone Marrow. Like, I, like I may call him fucking Bone for it. What a great nickname. 
What it's a good. great nickname. It's very good. Thuggish, it. ruggish bone. And I think it's sort of fitting, right? Like we got to spin it to the positive, but Cody bone marrow. The other ones are good. That one is elite. He's right. a few of those. All right. That's right. Oh, there's a good yeah. tie in. Yeah. yeah. Been known yeah. to smoke a bone or two. Uh, <laughs> all right. So this is Thomas McCormack, McCormick, McCormick or McCormack McCormick spelled McCormick. with an A for some stupid reason. That's right. So Thomas McCormick, if you don't know, um, and you hear the dulcet tones, great voice, great podcaster representing the Rushmore podcast. I've been on Ken flow overdue to be on at Rushmore podcast. They'll ask you, you know, fuck, marry, kill. Sorry to the children out there. Right. <laughs> Who you I, would have sex with, marry and kill. I actually had one prepared for Cody today, but out of respect for the platform, I was going <laughs> to offer to leave it up to Twitter. All right. That's funny. I kind of want you to do it right now. All right. John Annick, Kenny Florian, Ray Longo. Fuck, Mary, kill Cody. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it is too. I mean, I'm, I'm fucking Ray, obviously. Yeah. Well, experience. Um, I, I'm probably going to marry Kenny because he's just, I mean, look at him. And I got to kill John. I mean, because I, I think Jason's better looking. So if it was Jason, yeah, it's a tough Oh, question, wow. But, wow. You know, maybe if, if he gets some better. His hair, if John grew out his hair. That's right. Kenny that's does right. have the Bitcoin security too. So, you know, you're yeah. going to be well off yeah. in the future. Well, yeah. and if I'm marrying Jay, at least he'll win me some basketball games, you know? <laughs> this guy, man. Wow. This guy. I didn't think I would end up getting, uh, getting killed in that equation. But uh, at Rushmore Podcast on social media, and it's great to have you on the program. Long overdue. Um, we got four predictions today. We're going to start with the main card opener, fellas, at middleweight. Phil Hawes. I always want to say Haas. Phil Hawes, the minus 270 favorite against Deron Wynn. This fight was made once before. It shall be done here Saturday night. Deron Wynn is plus 220. And coming off a win last December, Tom, uh, against Antonio Ahoyo, that ended a two-fight skid for Deron Wynn. Challenges get stiffer here. Your thoughts on Wynn and Hawes in a matchup of uh, former elite collegiate wrestlers. Yeah, so I actually thought that this was going to be tougher for me to pick because of uh, when he landed 12 takedowns in that fight against Ohio, which is wild. Um, so when looking into it, though, I did see that Halls, I mean, he's won seven in a row, and three of his last five have been knockouts. He is uh, undefeated in the UFC except for that first contender uh, series skit he had. Right. But um, since coming back, he beat Kyle Dawkins in his last fight. He is a jiu-jitsu brown belt out of Sanford MMA, I believe. And uh, Division One wrestler, I, I like him to defend uh, Deron Wynn's wrestling and and beat him on the feet, honestly. So I'm picking Phil Halls in this fight. Yeah, I forgot that his last win did come against Kyle Dawkins by unanimous decision. And Phil Hawes has found the groove, yeah. man. You know, I mean, I think he was hardened in a good way by a lot of the early uh, trials in his career. Um, I don't know if he deserves the three to one distinction with respect to Deron Wynn, but you can understand why uh, why people are bullish on Phil Hawes. Kempflo, what do you think about this one? Yeah, um, listen, I, I think Thomas uh, has it correct here. I, I like Phil Hawes just based on the fact that he does come from that wrestling background, um, but he's much more than just a wrestler. If this was a wrestling match, Deron Wynn would would win this. Okay, he's very talented uh, when it comes to. Uh, putting you on your back but uh phil hawes um you know his size uh in this fight is also going to be a factor for deron win to get on the inside and hit those takedowns repeatedly phil hawes is just a much better striker he's more well-rounded um and he is growing and getting better as a fighter i like uh hawes as well all right next up featured bout at flyweight matthews nicolau some movement 30 cents since Thursday, guys. So Nikolau from minus 165 to minus 195, and Tim Elliott up from plus 145 to plus 165. 
Matthews Nico Lau, talented young fighter, a little bit off the radar because he had a huge gap in competition. Outpointed Manel Kopp by split decision. That was back in March in his first appearance since 2018. On the other side, 16th UFC appearance for Tim Elliott, uh, who has now won two in a row after a three-fight skid. Number 11 versus number nine here at Flyway. Tom, big stakes. Who do you like, Nico Lau or Tim Elliott? All right, so uh, Nico Lau, he, he lost by KO to Dustin Ortiz before he left the UFC the first time, I believe, uh, which isn't you know that telling for his chin or anything like that. But he has only had one fight in the last two years with that split decision win. Um, I do think Tim Elliott, I, when looking into it, he's credentialed as a blue belt, but the dude has some scrap. I mean, he's got, I believe, four, including to, uh, Ultimate Fighter. He's got four submissions in the UFC. He almost ripped Mighty Mouse's arm off in the first round. If I remember that correctly, yeah. um, he's he's coming in as a vet. He's had five fights since um, Nikolaus had his last one. So he's definitely far more active uh, of the fighter. And I think he's going to get his third straight win. And I'm taking him as the okay. underdog. And he has a mullet. So I should get more. You I should get better odds. They should pay me extra. And I, I want to beat Kenny Florian. So I'm taking some fucking dogs today. <laughs> I like that. I like I'll that. bet an eyebrow with him. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm doing that. As soon as my TV career is over, we're doing the eyebrow bet. Um, Ken Flo, Nico Lau, favorite here over Tim Elliott. Your thoughts? Um, has it been hard to beat Kenny Florian this year, by the way? But yes. Um, yeah, uh, I like Nico Lau here. Um, I, Tim Elliott, I, I agree with all those things you said. I, I do think he is very underrated as a submission artist. Um, and while I could see him getting the submission, I, I think this fight stays on the feet. I think... Um, uh, Nicolau finds a way to keep it on the feet where he has the advantage. Um, I think he hits pretty hard. He had a close uh, last fight against Cap there, um, but uh, still coming to his own, still getting stronger. Um, I, I like him to win this fight. Yeah, I think he has more upside. And I guess that isn't saying much right now, given where Tim Elliott is. But a lot of people left Elliott kind of for dead after that skid. And uh, here he is trying to win three in a row. All right, co-main event at welterweight. Randy Brown. Minus 255 on Thursday, now minus 240 on DraftKings. Jared Gooden plus 205, now plus 195. We'll need the round and the method of victory. All right, 12th UFC start here for Randy Brown. Some fans get upset when I say start. Um, they get really upset, you know, instead of appearance, right? It's like, as broadcasters, we're constantly trying to come up with different ways to say the same stuff, you know, half pound, call it a hook, whatever the hell we do. Um, anyway, um, 12th UFC appearance for Randy Brown. Um, he's won three of his last four. All of those are finishes, Tom. He fights Jared Gooden. Took him a while to get to the UFC, but he's here. He's tough as hell. He's skilled. What do you think about the co-main event? We'll need a round and a uh, method of victory as well, sir. Uh, I do believe that I lost some money betting against Jared Gooden in his last fight where he did win by a uh, first-round KO. I'm not going to do that again, Kenny, so get excited. Uh, Jared Gooden coming off that first-round KO over Nicholas Stoltz and Randy coming off that insane, that one-arm choke on uh, Cowboy Oliveira, which was oh. ridiculously impressive. Um, I think Randy will look. I think he can look to mix in the takedowns and, and execute a good game plan and win a decision. I don't think that wouldn't shock me in any way um, or finish him. I mean, by submission. But Jared has compiled eight knockouts and six submissions. He is a finisher. He, I think he's going to be the bigger man coming into this fight, and I like him as that big of a dog. So I'm taking Jared Gooden, second round TKO. Look at that. And Jared Gooden showed me so much in that Alan Joban fight on short mm. notice when he made his UFC Tough. debut. I mean, there's no questioning the heart, the desire. Uh, he's not just one of these happy to be here. Um, took Jared Gooden 21 fights to get to the UFC, Kenny. Randy Brown came undefeated, took him just six. What are your thoughts on Randy Brown and Jared Gooden in what is obviously a high-profile slot this weekend? 
And this is a tough one to pick. I, I think Gooden um, has a lot of potential. I love the fact that he had a lot of experience or gained a lot of experience prior to coming to the UFC as a pro. Um, and, and you could see it. I, I mean, when he had that fight against Joe Ban, he didn't seem like he was um, you know, overwhelmed by the moment at all. Uh, seemed very much at his element and uh, gave it his best. I thought it was a good performance from him. But um, Randy Brown, I, I think you know, with his reach, with his ability to look for finishes, with his aggression. Um, he, he's a tricky guy to fight. Um, and while I could see Jared Gooden uh, pulling off a win here, um, I'm not sure he gets done by finish. But I, I like Randy here. I, I think uh, I could see Randy finishing this fight either by submission um, or by uh, or by knockout. Um, talented kid. Uh, let's go with third round TKO, Randy Brown. Third round TKO for Randy Brown. Um, and I actually, my prediction is Ken Flo on points in his opening matchup Friday uh, in Dallas, by the way, for the record. I don't think he gets the finish. Ken Flo, by the way, Thomas, competing at the Nogi Worlds Friday in Dallas. Let's go. Um, he wants everybody to know. All right, main event. First in the UFC for, sorry, I just can't help myself. I'm so excited. I'm going to be totally distracted. <laughs> um, all right. First main event for the number four ranked strawweight, Mackenzie Dern. This is exciting stuff. This is big. <laughs> She's minus 155, taking on number six, Marina Rodriguez, plus 135. I'm so glad I don't have to make a pick. I think this fight could truly go either way. There are no easy fights in the top eight or so at 115 pounds. Dern's won four in a row since she lost to Amanda Hebos, who's a common opponent here. That loss was back in 2019. Dern also undefeated since aligning with Jason Perillo. She's a totally different beast than she was even two years ago. Rodriguez on the other side. Won a short notice main event in May against Michelle Waterson. That came after she had stopped Amanda Hebos in a huge spot on Fight Island. Um, confidence is high, Tommy, on both sides. Obviously, I can't wait to call this fight, uh, but we need a winner. Dern v. Rodriguez, who wins and how do they get it done? All right. I'm so goddamn excited for this fight. First of all, I've been watching uh, Big Love on HBO Max. My wife, Tara, she loves the show. Um, even when Ray clears his throat, she doesn't give a shit. She, <laughs> loves, she loves Ray. Uh, the reason I bring that up is the great Bruce Dern is in that show. Totally unrelated to McKenzie. Oh, I um, anyways, uh, Marina's resume is so good. That short notice win where she was just a step ahead of karate hottie the whole time, yeah. um, was incredible. Outgunned Tisha Torres, who was literally a tornado now. And ever since that fight, um, <laughs> exactly right. That's a good point. Another stat that I found was Marina has outstruck every opponent she has ever fought except for uh, Cynthia Calvillo to the draw that she had. She has outstruck every opponent she's ever had. Even in her loss, her last loss, she outstruck um, Carla. Who, yeah, she outstruck her uh, by like 12 strikes or something like that. But she has outstruck everybody. She's a monster. She's a great fucking striker. She's a savage. I don't know how you can bet against her, but I'm going to tell you how. She was taken down three times by Calvillo to that draw, five times by Esparza. I think Dern with Jason Perillo is going to find a way to get inside, not let her set, not let her get comfortable. She's going to get the takedown. Give me Mackenzie fucking Dern round one submission. Wow. Let's fucking go. Go Pats. Matt Judon is a God. Matt Jones is great. I had, I had Kyle Dacus round one submission plus 1200 odds ripped no, for my greedy hands. Swear to God, I will send you the screenshot, John. Anik. I mean, I wonder if some sports books will, uh, will at least give you your money back when you have a certain, yeah, it was a push. They, yeah, it's a push. It's a push. But All geez, right. That's ridiculous. Sorry, Kenny went off. No, I got excited. No, I, I, like that. <laughs> I like the conviction with Mackenzie Dern. And, uh, if it's a round one submission for this UFC matinee, that Oof, means, uh, title shot. early, early recreational time for yours. Truly. <laughs> Kempfel, what do you think about Mackenzie Dern and, uh, and Marina Rodriguez? 
Boy, um, I love it. Listen, I could see both these uh, ladies winning by finish, right? I, I think Rodriguez has a huge advantage on the feet. She is as tough as they come. Uh, and Mackenzie Dern, obviously uh, an improving striker. We saw big uh, improvements in her game, but she doesn't want to stay on the feet for too long against Marina Rodriguez. I think um, that would be a mistake. Uh, not that, you know, Rodriguez is kind of that power striker with her hands necessarily. I think she could knock you out with uh, either a combination of strikes or, you know, maybe from the Muay Thai clinch with the knees. Uh, so Mackenzie has to be very careful, uh, pick her shots when she's able to get on the inside and get the takedown. Um, but I, I think Mackenzie, if she's able to get Marina on, uh, on the mat, like pretty much anyone in that division, she submits her and submits her relatively quickly. Um, so I like Mackenzie here as well. Thomas, you went with round one submission. Round one, Kenny. Damn you. Um, I'll go, I'll go round two. How's that? All Mackenzie right, a Dern. picks there on Mackenzie Dern. Uh, if you want more from Thomas McCormick at Rushmore podcast, you also do what Roughhouse Friday with Brian Callum before the big pay-per-views. Is that right? Yeah, we, we're doing those about once a month. We're doing one for uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder this week. You can find that on Brian Callen's YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, Rough House Friday. And then uh, I have my own uh, media company, McCormick Media Management, where I try to be the next Cody Marrow. I produce podcasts. I do all the marketing, all kinds of shit like that. Uh, by the way, Kenny, I did want to tell you, my co-host for Rushmore Podcast, Pepper Goins, if he yeah. had enough Bitcoin to retire, the dude would watch 16 hours straight of BattleBots every day. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, oh yeah. also, I think I called Jason Perillo Jason Derulo a while ago, and that's ridiculous. Oh, he's a singer. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. How about that? Two different uh, people. Two yeah. different. Sat next to Derulo on Derulo on a on a plane once. By the way, I would love uh, to hear. Perillo so, is it sing. true? Is it true, Thomas, that I look like a better looking, younger version of Brian Callen? Do you agree with that? Um, you definitely have more hair. I would say. Okay. Uh -huh. Um, and better hair. Uh, your improv is really good. You're a funny guy. Uh, okay. I, I don't know that he could do the BattleBots job. So personality-wise, I wouldn't say so. But you, uh, you're a handsome guy. He's a handsome guy. You're both very agile. I think you're about forty. I think you're about forty-seven years younger than Brian Callen at this point. But uh, I could, I could see you growing in. I could see you in about ten years being a younger Brian Callen. Okay, he's much funnier than I am. But thank you. I appreciate that. One of the few guys out there that's older than Ken Flo. Hey, T-Mac, <laughs> great stuff. Uh, don't be a stranger. And, uh, you know, that that have sex, marry, kill game really sure. is is addicting, right? It's like I, I just I find myself thinking about that while you guys are making your picks. Like if I were to turn this around on Kenny and throw Cody and me and somebody else, like I don't think Ken Flo's killing me, but I'm not trying to get <laughs> killed twice today on the program. So maybe we'll just yeah. stop on there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, man, oh, man. host T-Mac. I mean, Jesus Christ. No, I can't go down that path. We got to go. Hey, great stuff, man. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, dude. I appreciate it. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll chat soon. Absolutely. Come back anytime. Thank you. See you Thomas. Thomas McCormick at Rushmore podcast with us for the main event challenge today. All right. A couple notes on the way out. So, you know, I had mentioned, I think on these airwaves or on social media that I felt like maybe Chris or Kyle Dawkins, but Chris, because he's the heavyweight contender fighting a main event against Derek Lewis, kind of needed a nickname because Chris Dawkins, it sounds good, but, you know, just kind of felt like he needed a nickname, you know, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. not like the cop necessarily, you know, the cop, Chris Dawkins. Um, but so Cody came up with Dark Horse Dawkins or the Dark Horse Chris Dawkins or Chris like Dark it. Dawkins and Chris fucking likes it too because it's awesome and it's a great nickname and obviously the alliteration with Dark Horse and Dawkins he's a Dark Horse in the heavyweight division right 
I don't know if it's going to stick. You know, Chris wrote on social media, I guess it's settled then. Obviously, they got bigger fish to fry with what happened to Kyle over the weekend, you know. But the Dark Horse Chris Dawkins or Chris Dark Horse Dawkins, you can be sure if I call his next fight, we're going to try to uh, imprint that like the no-nonsense Keith Peterson. Yeah, and if you had the Boston accent going, it'd be like Dark Horse Dawkins. It'd be like almost the right, same. You know, so. I, it's funny. When the Boston. East Coast guys, these are Philly guys with an accent that I actually can't do, and yet it has me doing a Boston accent for some strange reason. <laughs> All right. So that's it on uh dark horse Dawkins. Um, Cody bone marrow. Cody, I like you have to have heard that before. That was my dad's nickname in high school. No way. It, yeah. My, nobody was that creative when I was to high school. I was just marrow. Uh, your, his new name bone. is bone. Dude. It makes bone. me want to sing. Thuggish, ruggish bone. <laughs> Cody. Bum, 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 yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. And the last thing I just want to say, Aspen Ladd uh, has dealt with injuries and, and missing weight. If you don't know, yeah. she missed weight. It was a very difficult visual. And I think it's hard for her to have some of uh, her fellow fighters like Misha Tate, whom she looks up to, come out and sort of publicly criticize her. And I think when you have a prior history, you're not going to have a long leash with people. I will just say I have a much longer leash with women than I do men. And I am far more likely to give a woman the benefit of a doubt than a man because like their bodies do crazy shit. They push babies out and I just can't speak to any of that, you know? So I'm yeah. just saying as a UFC play-by-play announcer, when a, a female athlete, you know, talks about her time of the month or whatever, like you have my respect and I feel really bad for you. And that's sort of, you know, I, yes, it gives me a little pause when I see Misha come out and criticize her. And maybe some of the other UFC female athletes would come at me, but you know, I'm more critical of the guys than the women. I think Aspen Ladd needs to get way more ahead of this than she's doing, but you know, I don't know, man, like sometimes it's not as in a woman's control as it is in a man's control. I'll, I'll say this. I, it's a tough situation. Oh. I agree. Uh, but I'll say this. I think that, when, when sometimes you can, you know, maybe take your foot off the gas when it comes to the diet or the training or the calorie counting, whatever the hell you're doing to make weight. Um, for men, it's a lot easier for us to do that than than women, right? Because just timing-wise, all that stuff. Uh, so I agree with you there. However, I think for Aspen, you know, she's still at the point of her career where maybe she needs to get a little bit more serious, a little bit more diligent uh, with her diet, with her routine. Um, and you know, I think sometimes you, you wait for things kind of last minute a little bit and given her history, you know, you'd think that she would be on top of it a little bit more. And it could also be that just that weight class isn't for her, you know, right. I, right. I don't know. So it, it, it's a tough situation and uh, I hope she gets it sorted out and I hope she's healthy. And I guess it was a fairly big miss and I wasn't there with boots on the ground. So I don't know exactly what's going on. Um, yeah. you know, but, uh, I, I don't know. That's, I guess, it on that. Uh, all right, we're back next Monday with you. Hope you enjoyed the program. UFC Fight Night, Dern versus Rodriguez. This Saturday on ESPN Plus, first fight, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, which has me uh, very excited. Combat and coffee. Then we're back next Monday uh, to preview Holly Holmes' return, uh, which is coming up on October 16th. Don't forget, AnnaFlorianPodcast.com if you want merchandise like this beautiful Ray Longo Minute t-shirt. Uh, AF10 is the promo code for 10% off. Uh, Ken Flo's YouTube channel. Uh, don't forget to support Ken Flo. Uh, give him some shouts on social media this weekend for his return to competition. Um, and remember the show live Thursday night with Bala Muhammad and Jason Anik on this very channel. If you missed 
the battle for Georgia last week. Giga Chikadze, Marab Dwalashwili. The replay is likely just to the right of this video, so check that out as well. They will be live again this Thursday. Um, Ken Flo, get the scowl going. Choke these motherfuckers out. And post a picture on Instagram with the podium and you on top of it. Let's go. Let's <laughs> Thank go. you, buddy. Four, four matches. Four matches to take the whole thing. I'm going to take it one at a time. And uh, I can't wait, man. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, I don't get, like, stalled out. I, I, I don't care about losing. I just want someone to just grapple and let's get after it. And I have get some it. Fun, I so, get it. Yeah. Well, I care about the winning and losing, I guess. You know, it's your first <laughs> time competing as Archer's dad. Let's fucking bring it. There home. you go. Thank you. I you appreciate know? that. All right. Thank you all for watching, for subscribing. Tell your friends for listening. Uh, We look forward to uh, all of your comments on the whole Docus Holland stuff. And we are right back in your lives in less than a week. Until then, uh, don't text and drive. I'm Royal Oaks. Next time on Too Many Lawyers, we take on a couple of villains to sort out whether bad stuff is also illegal stuff. George Santos won a seat in Congress by lying to voters, but is that a crime? And Kanye West made it clear he hates Jews. In England, he'd go to jail for that. Here in America, did he commit a hate crime? Listen to Too Many Lawyers on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family owned from the start. Same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley SAB to CV 2024, Proximo, Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.